This episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by BadMagics.com. BadMagics.com, more than just an online journal or a clothing line, BadMagics.com is a lifestyle brand dedicated to keeping you fresh from art to the music to the gear. BadMagics.com, shout out to the magic man. BadMagics.com, defenders of the true school. This is the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I am Lawrence G. And I am Joey Burnham. Hello, people. What's going on, world? My Nika. Grown ups. My Nika. Joey Burnham, what's crack-a-lacking with you? Nothing, man. Um, was recently thinking about love, life, relationships, and religion. Just a whole bunch of conversations popped up in my head at first um i want to carry on a conversation we were having earlier we were talking about you know boyfriend girlfriend husband wife just relationships between man and lady nigga and bitch nigga and bitch whore and pimp (laughs) prostitute and trick john and lady of leisure (laughs) all that all that all that (laughs) so go ahead what was you saying man um, now we were talking about Meg's girlfriend. Ain't gonna name no names. Lovely woman. Talking about how I missed that motherfucker. Her booty was very big. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I miss the most. I really do miss that the most. Huh. But anyway, um, we weren't equally yoked. That's why we broke up. We didn't break up because of some fuck shit. We had a really good relationship, but our lives were just going in two different directions. And what it came down to is that she was a saved, devout Christian, and I am a nigga-ass heathen. <laughs> and that's why we broke up. And uh, I remember we had one conversation. We were talking about um, Christianity and how all, all Christians are favored above all right 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 and from a christian standpoint from a christian mind frame that makes a lot of sense well before you get deep into that um explain for the people who don't know what equally yoked means you worship together you worship alike that's what equally yoked i could get real biblical with it but the easiest way to explain it would be to say that your mate and you you and your mate Worship alike. That's what equal. Well, I, you know, I had an old. You remember unicorn from the from the old neighborhood? Yeah, I remember unicorn. <laughs> unicorn broke it down to me like this. He was like, "Say boss," and that's how he talked. Say boss, uh, you know, if you dating a crackhead and, and you in the crackhead, what y'all got? What y'all doing together? You know, both of y'all got to smoke crack in order for this thing to work. Yeah, yeah. So you know, shout out unicorn. He died of some kind of bone cancer years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but yeah, the whole they called him unicorn thing. because his head literally came to a point, <laughs> like a unicorn. I remember unicorn came in the house one day and said, "Hey, y'all, what's the number to nine one one?" Because his wife was beating him. Yeah, his wife was beating on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, back to your point, man. So basically, y'all just didn't agree religiously. You didn't agree on the same thing. No, it's not that I'm a devil worshiper or anything, and it's not that. She's necessarily a Joyce Myers judgmental type of person. It's not like that. But, you know, she's the type of person. She's going to go to church every Sunday. She's going to go to Bible study on Wednesday. And, you know, she's a very devout Christian. Whereas me, on the other hand, I might miss a couple of days of church. And, you know, I, um, I might curse a little bit. And that's probably the way I'm going to be the rest of my life. Now, do I intend to get better? Of course, I I plan on going to church more and getting better. There's nothing wrong with getting better and deeper with your religion and your beliefs and getting closer to Christ. But I digress. My point is she was super Christian and, and, you know, I'm a heathen ass nigga, like I said. Um, My wife is the same way, but I think somewhere along the point I kind of wore her down. 
She was like, this nigga just gonna do what the hell he wanna do any damn way. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like going to church. Um, I, I, I'll be honest and say, I, um, I kind of go to church probably more for them than for myself. But then when I get there, I'm like, hey, that was a good yeah. experience. And that's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? I See, go, I only went to church, I hate to cut you off, but I only went to church for the most part. Every now and again, I really enjoyed it. Or every let me let me say it like this. Let me rephrase it. Let me back up. Once I step inside of the church, I am thankful I did so. But it is rare that I wake up on Sunday morning and I say, I can't wait to get to church. When me and her, or uh, when uh, her and I were living together, I went to church because she woke me up and said, it's time to go to church, nigga. <laughs> That's why I went to church, to keep her mouth shut. Now, once I stepped foot in church, I was glad that she made me go. But I never really... For the most part, I never went to church because I just had this innate feeling to do so. And she always did. She wanted to go to church. She wanted to stay at church afterwards and talk to people after church. She's just a really good Christian woman. And I'm a really good nigga. Heathenistic Heathenistic nigga. Yeah, man. Um, I asked you this before, but do you miss her? Hell yeah, I miss her. I miss her a lot. And there's no possible way that... Well, I guess the only possible way if you all get back together would actually be if you were, you know, to jump in, become a reverend. That could happen. It might not have to be that deep. Um, I was telling you earlier that I saw a... I saw an interview with Megan Good and her husband. Her husband makes movies. He's a producer. I don't know the nigga name, but you know, a strapping young fellow. <laughs> and they he had a, a, he had a gun too. He had he was strapped the fuck up. But um, and I don't mean with a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know. But uh, yeah, it, man, it be, they it have, be the Christians that get into the freakiest shit. Yeah, man, this bitch. Uh, I came to this bitch house one time, and she uh. She said, you want to have a little fun? I said, what kind of fun you want to have, baby? And this bitch had a goddamn strap on. She stepped into the goddamn <laughs> strap on. That bitch had a harness. That, she had to plug that motherfucker up in the wall. She said the name of that motherfucker was the Commodore 350. <laughs> Are you bullshitting me I looked right at now? that mo- I looked on the side of that big-ass machine. I said, this bitch got a VIN number. <laughs> <laughs> this big-ass motherfucker. She said, yeah, I had to get this motherfucker registered. She said, you got to goddamn have a, 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 a class... C license <laughs> to drive this. You bitch. gotta have a CDL to operate this motherfucker. That bitch put her foot on that bitch and cranked that whole <laughs> <up. laughs> Yeah, she, she cranked that whole up like a goddamn buzz saw talking about come on nigga, let's have some fun. <laughs> so after I ain't shit right for three weeks. These <laughs> <laughs> ain't shit right. And that me. right there. <laughs> all that dumbass bullshit ass lying I just did. <laughs> That right there is why my ex-girlfriend and I aren't together right now. <laughs> I say yeah. that type of shit around her Christian ass. Oh, my God. I'm the worst. Did thing. she freak out over stuff like that? I wonder. Because I do stuff like that. Too. I wonder does my wife freak out. Maybe I should call her and ask her. You want to call her? It don't matter. You want to call her and see? Go ahead. Let's see. Um. Yeah, we finna call my wife. Live on air. So I, guess we, I guess we're just talking about Christian women. Let's see. Having non-Christian niggas. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know. But it's all being recorded. Let's see how this shit's going to go. The phone is dialing right now. It's ringing. She's going to answer the phone. She's going to answer the watch. She's going to be hey. She's going to be so nice. She's going to say, chipper. what the fuck you are? If she answered the phone. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hey, you are on the air right now. I have a question to ask you. Okay. Um, we're talking about uh, Joe's ex-girlfriend, who shall remain nameless, who was a Christian. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. When I, as a Christian, when I tell my ridiculous lies and horrible jokes, how do you feel? Um, when you tell ridiculous what now? When I tell my ridiculous lies and offensive jokes. Lies? And jokes. And jokes. Well, I hope you're not lying, but uh, I guess some, sometimes we can have ridiculous jokes. Um, even though they're not appropriate, they are funny. So 
I have mixed emotions about it. You got mixed emotions about it. Yeah, I have mixed emotions about it because sometimes I laugh and then sometimes I think it's inappropriate. So, well, that's the point. It's supposed to be inappropriate. Yeah, it ain't funny if it ain't inappropriate. Right. Okay. So that's kind of how I feel. I have I have mixed emotions because just because I'm a Christian or I believe that I'm a Christian doesn't mean that I don't find things funny. Yeah, you have a sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you don't have a sense of humor. Yeah. Exactly. That's all I wanted to know. We were having a conversation and I wanted to know how you, because you laugh, but you don't never really tell me, oh, that's too much or you're going to hell for that joke. Well, no, I wouldn't condemn. I wouldn't. That would be a bit a bit much. Yeah. I well, wouldn't. let me ask you a question, Shannon. Uh-huh. What would your definition of being equally yoked mean? What What's your definition of that? Because that's why I and I broke up. Um... Well, I'm going to try to answer this real quick because we just, I just had some company to come over ideas here. Um, well, my definition, at least what I thought it was when I first got married, of course, not really having a clue, but just what I thought it was, was two people who have most of the same views, who even though they may be opposites at the core, <clears throat> excuse me, all the important things you actually see eye to eye on. Like there are certain things that, you are very different in, and there are some things that are just very important that they're deal breakers if you don't agree with them on, you know, that you would absolutely have to change yourself um, in order to be what the other person wants you to be. If you felt like you had to do that, then you weren't equally up because you're either meshed together and you're alike in certain instances, or you're completely not alike. And so where some things you are completely alike on, it has to be the big stuff sometimes, and then sometimes it has to just be the simple stuff. Sometimes everything is not big. It can be something simple, too. Yep, I agree. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you get back to what you were doing. Um, okay. Um, shout, give a shout-out to the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. Uh, be cool. <laughs> That's it? Be cool? That's it. Okay, peace out. Okay, bye. So, yeah, that was my wife. Yeah, we put it all on the line here at the Grown-Ass Man Hip-Hop Show. Because we all might be going to hell. Somebody's got to document this shit. Yes, sir. But, yeah, man, um, I don't ever know if I... But that's a Southern thing. You know, I think if we're going to... I think that if we're going to be honest about the whole thing and we're going to really just, you know, have some clarity and transparency about this thing, I think we need to tell a little bit of history about ourselves. Uh, we are both from Detroit, living in the South. Yep. You know, uh, I was 15 when I moved to Alabama, and you were 12, 12. years old, 12 and, years of age. And so there is a culture shift that living down South. The whole Bible Belt. The Bible, living in the Bible Belt, there is a culture of church. And living in Alabama, sometimes there is a social aspect to being a Christian and going to church. And sometimes, you know, living in a small town, sometimes it ain't nothing but to do but to go to work and go to church and come home. Yeah. So that's where you have your social interactions at. And because it's the Bible Belt, a lot of women that you encounter are very religious. Extremely freaky, but you ain't getting the coochie until after you get married. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for all intents and purposes, if you're, if you're a devout Christian, that's the way it should be. I mean, yeah, that's all right. Not knocking but, anybody's belief And so system. you, you kind of, but, and I'm not saying that people from, quote unquote, up north or Detroit are not religious people, but I know specifically for my family, we grew up Catholic. Yep. And we weren't devout Catholics. You know what I'm saying? We didn't go to church every Sunday. We didn't, you know, we didn't, we just, we went on, we had our spurts where we might go four or five Sundays in a row and we might fall off for the rest of the year and then pick that spurt up again at some point. But my mom was a very spiritual woman and a very religious woman, but I've never known her to be a churchy woman. You know what I'm saying? And dad is a very spirit. I mean, I've never seen him not read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? So he's he's very spiritual and he's very religious, but he's not very churchy. So Sunday mornings what for us were different because, you know, we chilled. You know, we didn't get up and go to church. We slept in, we chilled, we went outside, we played video games, watched cartoons, movies. You know And then sometimes we did go and to church. And then sometimes we did go to church. Honestly and truthfully, I only went to church because they had donuts in the basement. 
<laughs> and I love jelly filled donuts. So that's why I went to church because I knew I could get a donut. I just had to sit through some stuff I didn't understand, and I was going to get a donut. I went to church for a hoe. <laughs> you know what I hate, man? What's that? I feel so bad, man. Last time I went to church, I seen a whole bunch of bad ass, beautiful women. And here I am sitting in church, listening to the pastor preach. And my dick is as hard as a brick <laughs> in church. It, I felt so uncomfortable. I'm like, man, I, my dick shouldn't be hard in, in church. church. Maybe walking out uh, on the okay, outside me, of the church. Let me break something down to you, Joe. My dick was so damn let me hard tell in that you, church. Do you, know, do you know how hard it is to sit? Oh, pause. Do you know how hard it is to sit in church? What was you about to say? Shit in, in church? No, no. I said how hard it is. So well, pause. Ain't no pause because it's very <laughs> pun intended. Pun intended. Dick hard but do you know how hard it is to sit in church and pay like attention the to club. the pastor when you just snuck and watched porn all Saturday night? I have those moments where, like, my wife, a good like, I, I start off with all good intentions. Mm-hmm. My wife, because my, my wife can't hang, bro. You know, I used to work night shift, so like, dude, that's man. why I watch porn on Saturday, <laughs> so I can get clean on Sunday, and I re up Monday through Saturday and clean it off Sunday. So anyway, my wife can't hang. She can't stay up all night. Me, I worked light, night shift for a long time, so like, I can stay up for hours. So. Mm, t- 9 30 10 o'clock 11 at the latest my wife is gone to bed and i am wide awake and i will start off with the best of intentions i might start off on youtube looking <laughs> at a breakfast club video and the next thing i know i'm watching twerk videos and then from twerk video no actually, actually pause i'm watching i'm I, i'm watching breakfast club videos then i end up somehow on uh kellybluebook.com looking at cars and then from there i end up watching twerk videos and then from twerk videos i end up looking at naked bitches on google images and from google images i end up on Pornhub, watching granny porn and midget porn and weird shit like that we'll talk about my porn addiction uh, uh later on my porn Dude, I porn. I'm, it's, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But and before I know it, dude, it's like two, three o'clock in the morning, and I know I got to get up and go to church because she gonna say something if I don't. It's two, three o'clock in the morning, and you didn't bust two nights. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm sitting in church. You, you, you assault and battered your dick. <laughs> I, done, I done beat the hell out my damn dick and disrespected myself. And I'm, I'm going. Oh, I didn't want to go to church, but I'm going to church <laughs> now because I feel guilty about it. Because I'm sitting here saying to myself, Why am I beating my dick? And I got this bad bitch upstairs. I shouldn't be doing this. But sometimes you got to spend time on yourself. You know, sometimes you got to get to know yourself better. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, so, you know, it's two or three o'clock in the morning. I, I straddle upstairs and make sure I wash my hands and get in the bed. And so it's Sunday and I'm going to church. And all I can think about in church is Jada Fire and, 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 and uh, Old Pinky and, and Granny Porn and Damn, that midget had a fat ass. And skin dying. And, yeah, you know, shit like that. Now, then I'm sitting here thinking to myself, why am I looking at, why am I thinking about Mr. Lacey Mike's dick du- right now? Lacey Duvall. Yeah, all them hoes. I'm thinking about, Storm. what's her name? Stormy, uh, the chick that was the, uh, that, 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 that played Denise on the Cosby show porn. <laughs> I don't know her name, but yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about her in, uh, in the middle of church, and I'm sitting here, you know, rock hard in the middle of church trying to like this is wrong. I'm going to hell. Dick harder than the Ten Commandments. <laughs> exactly. All right, man, this ain't right. This man. is not right. I shouldn't be doing this. But right I don't now. blame myself. I blame the chick who comes to church dressed like she's leaving the nightclub. They did need a nightclub. Or, 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 or dressed like she's wearing last night nightclub uh, get up. Dick hard in the motherfucker fucking with this thick bitch. <laughs> and she's sitting next to me. Now get up and greet your neighbor. Give him a big hug in the name of the Lord. You hugging this chick's ass. You looking right. You hugging her, looking right at her ass. Like man, I'm about to take this bitch home with me. Yeah, well, break bread. This is communion time. <laughs> <laughs> then you can say break bread. This is communion time. So you ain't equally yoked. 
How you know you and the lady next to you? Y'all might be equally yoked. You and the chick next to you, you just got to talk to her. That's what's up. She might be a bastard just like you. I ask her straight up. You like to suck dick? I like to get my dick sucked. We're equally yoked. Let's go. <laughs> we'll worry about all the other stuff later. <laughs> but on a serious note, <laughs> this is, we're not right. On, on a serious note, everything I just said, all that fucked up, foul, perverted shit I just said, yeah, man, it illustrates that I was not equally yoked with my. Ex. So you want to? So you want somebody just as perverted as you? You want to? Somewhere in the world, there are two sisters having a conversation about their pussies right now. I don't want to slut. I, I, I don't, <laughs> and they, I don't, and they're having this very same. They're having the female version. Of this kind. I need a nigga that's equally yoked, and I want you like to eat pussy. I like to get my pussy ate. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe that is what I want. <laughs> I want a carnivore. I want a, a, a meat eater, a man eater. You know? She's a man eater. Oh, here she comes. Yeah, man. Now, I really don't want that, though. Uh, I want somebody that can keep up with my sexual appetite, but I don't want somebody as freaky as me because that bitch may cheat on me or something. <laughs> so, you don't want to. So, wait a minute. So, you, so, in the last episode, you said something about slavery role play. So, you want a woman that'll go as far as slavery role play, but. But that's the that's that's the limit. Don't piss on me. Don't shit on me. Oh, I ain't nothing wrong with the piss. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with the piss. I don't want you to uh, expel your waste upon me. Why not? Uh, but other than that, we can do whatever. I'm down for what we can role play. I tell you some other shit. What if you want to put a finger in your butt? No. Don't know. You said anything. What if your wife come to you and she like, honey, um. We've been together for a very long time, and I just, I've always had this urge, and um, I just never felt free enough to tell a man, and me and you, we've been experimenting and having a great time sexually, and I I want to put my finger in your butt. I say, we ain't equally yoked, ho. Go to hell. <laughs> I want a divorce. I want a divorce. <laughs> Who you think I am? Old finger, the booty you, ass you, nigga. Take your ass to church, you heathen. Talk about putting fingers in my ass. You put your finger in my ass last night. That's different. That's different. You going to hell? You going? To hell. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, I need a special type of uh, woman to deal with my um, immaturity, my perversions. I'm a good nigga, but you know, I'm I'm, I, a, little, I, I'm a little off the chain. With I found one, and she deal with a whole hell of a lot. A lot. Sometimes yeah, I what you got. Sometimes I look at her and I just be like, "Damn, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm really doing too much right now, but I can't stop it." Yeah, I want what you got. You got a good, beautiful, healthy relationship, and I envy you, and I want that shit. You envy me? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm single as a motherfucker. I don't envy me. This man shit is hard, man. You don't. Yeah. Yeah, marriage is. Nigga, I got married when I was twenty two. You know what? Years of fucking and hoeing I gave up. Yeah, you should be fucking and hoeing. You shouldn't even be worried about being in a relationship. You should be. You should be like. You should have like a a, a, a do it yourself blood test in your car and a suitcase full of condoms and. If you should and a be box of Viagra, and a box of Viagra, a penis pump. <laughs> you should be going. You should be on a worldwide a camcorder. You should be on a worldwide fuck tour right now. The fuck farm. <laughs> you should starts in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> We're gonna take it all over the world. That's Cincinnati, <laughs> Las Vegas. We're even going international with this motherfucker. We're gonna take it to Belize. <laughs> We're gonna take it to Japan. Yes, some of the best blowjob givers are in Japan. Skip over Brazil. I want you to come back well. I know, right? <laughs> I went to Brazil and now I got this cough. <laughs> Homeboy said he went to Brazil and got some pussy and he had to carry his balls back in a wheelbarrow. He <laughs> <laughs> said in a wheelbarrow. Boy, this shit. This yeah, man, you should be on a fuckathon right now, man. You shouldn't even be worried about. Man, if I, if I could trade with you, man. You what, a 33 and you a single-ass man? You ain't got no kids. You ain't got no wife. You ain't got no obligations. You ain't got nobody to answer to. This would be a whorehouse. Yes, this is true. But you see, the thing about and it I is, have, you know, I have uh, gotten extremely loose. 
in my home, and I will continue to do so. Oh, recently? Yes. Why you ain't telling? Why you ain't telling me about the shit? Why are we keeping secrets? You know. Well, fun was had. This episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by BadMagics.com. Bad Magics is a secret group whose primary objective is to educate the masses. Just kidding. But really, they do educate the masses. In all honesty, they're here to create an expressive platform for art, design, ideas, and opinions. They're the rolled-up-their-sleeves type guys who don't mind getting dirty. Basically, a spinoff of the do-it-yourself counterculture. Bad Magics is inspired by pop art, lowbrow art, southern lifestyle, southern skateboarding, punk, and hip-hop culture. Their designs are characteristics of the 1980s street art and the advent of streetwear at the end of the millennium. Their lines consist of graphic tees, outerwear, headwear, and accessories. More than just a clothing line or an online journal, Bad Magics is a lifestyle initiative dedicated to its fan base and reflective of the community and culture. Simply put, they're bad. Bad Magics, defender of the true school. Got somebody very special on the line right now, man, but I, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, do yeah. this guy any justice if I did not give him a proper intro. So, you know, I'm finna fall back right now. I'm finna get my sway on. Let me get myself, let me get my, my, my motherfucking head right for this shit. When you talk about hustle, this man's his name needs to come into your mind. If you yes, don't man. know who this man is, you really do need to get familiar with who this gentleman I'm finna introduce the world to. For those of you that don't know, when you talk about bars, mm-hmm. this man's name definitely needs to pop into your mind. When you talk about the heart of Detroit, this man's name needs to pop into your mind. You know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, grown-ups, Joey Burnham. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. The dude that taught me how to rap, Mr. Joe Quan the Hooligan. Mr. Hooligan, what's oh, cracking, man? I'm blushing. I'm fucking blushing. What's <laughs> hey, good, Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Podcast? Basically, why you're here is because we kind of wanted to bring you into the show with something I call the Hooligan Report. And okay. basically what we want you to do is just pretty much come in, you know, whenever you can, hopefully bi-weekly or every week, whenever you can jump in and just pretty much, you know, give an editorial piece on, on the things you see in hip-hop or even the world for that fact. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. So, yeah, Indeed. hell yeah, do that shit. So, let me get to these questions right quick, man. Uh, I already know some of these, but let's go ahead and just let everybody know. So, how long have you been rapping? Oh, man, let's see. I've been rapping since 1989. Woo. So however many years that is, that's how long I've been rapping. That is okay. What? I stopped I stopped counting after like 20 years. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, fuck it. What's the sense in counting? Okay, so what is like, How long you been rapping? Like, shit, over 20 years. So that's like what, 29 years, years or something 20. like that? That's like 25, I don't know, like 89, 96. 99, 2009, 2000, uh, what was that, about 27 some years, something like that? I'm not sure. I'm a horrible man. You don't even what? I don't even feel like counting that shit up right now. I'm smoking weed and shit. I don't even feel like counting that shit up. That's what's up, man. So um, you do something very interesting in the streets, man, and it, you are actually on the streets still selling CDs, man. Uh-huh. So um, how long have you been doing that? How long have you been in the streets just selling CDs, man? Well, I've been selling. I, I started uh, selling tapes. Okay. Uh, actual cassette tapes, like back in uh, 1999, and uh, around about by like 2001, I uh, got access to a, a CD burner and just started pressing up CDs. Now I've been trying to get it, you know what I'm saying? Where I'm selling MP3 to downloads online, but surprisingly, motherfuckers don't buy downloads and MP3s and shit. So they actually buy CDs. So that's why I'm I'm still actually selling physical CDs. Like, I just left the gas station, uh, just sold a couple of CDs up there right before you called. Oh, that's what's up, man. So, so it's like, whenever I need something, I can just, you know what I'm saying, grab me a couple of discs, go out and get it. I don't ever have to have cash. I just keep, I call them coupons. <laughs> so I keep yeah. coupons on me. 
I heard that. Cool and, yeah. and what's your experience on the streets like? Because you know the whole world right now is just really going digital, and and everybody you know on Twitter is thinking all you gotta do is just have your Twitter pop in, get your followers up, get your IG, your IG followers up, and uh-huh. a fresh ass YouTube video when you own. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that it's a combination of the two that you need to do. So, how does that work? Actually being in the streets and touching the people. Well, it's actually, as far as what I know and what I see, I get a better response when I talk to a motherfucker directly. I mean, when I'm looking at their eye and when I'm able to grasp their hand, shake their hand and look them directly in the eye. Because, I mean, you know, you got all kind of Twitter finger motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Right, like you, right. you, you'll see a comment on uh, on on the internet that a motherfucker might post in uh in something that you know that this motherfucker would never say to your face. And so, it's a difference when you actually, you know what I'm saying, interacting with real people, and you see the person that they are, and not the person that they're trying to inject themselves to be through social media and through the website. So I I figure that the direct hand-to-hand, you know what I'm saying, is better. Because, I mean, shit, man, motherfuckers been doing it for centuries. You know what I'm saying? Way before there was the Internet, there was an independent artist. Right, You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and we talking about even back before they even started pressing vinyl. You know, they had motherfuckers that used to do performances at bars. And it wasn't always the big bars, you know what I'm saying, like in the streets of London, for example. Those, uh, have you ever seen the Gangs of New York? And them uh, little songs that they be uh, singing, uh, uh, which they all were New York girls, and then them little Irish songs and shit. Right, right, these right. Were, these were that version of times underground artists. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm sure that if they was rapping back then, you hear, ah, that motherfucker that was New York bitches, they ain't just like my dick. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sure that that would be the shit going on if they were doing rap back then. But those were that point of times independent artists. And so they would be at the bar because somebody, you always have to have music. You don't never go to an event and just sit around and there be no music playing because you just walk the fuck out like, fuck it. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. going on here, I'm out. So there will always be a need for music. And everybody's not always looking for the big dog. You know what I'm saying? They're looking for what's available. And I pretty much just try and make myself available for whoever is in need for musical content. So I think the interesting thing with you is that uh, a lot of a lot of music fans and a lot of people that, especially with hip hop, everybody wants that artist that kind of feels like, this is my secret. I'm putting you on. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You kind you know what I'm saying? How you kind of get that vibe where it's like you're really excited about an artist because you want to be the one to introduce him to the world, and then when he uh-huh. pop, you kind of get mad because it's like ah shit, everybody know about him now. So uh-huh. do you think that that works in? Do you, have you had that experience, or do you think that works into your hustle where people want to be the one to discover you and put you on to other people? You know what? Honestly, I don't even give a shit. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I need a bag of weed. <laughs> exactly I'm about to go sell your ass a CD. Now, whether you listen to this motherfucker or not, after you hand your funds over, is on you. But... I encourage you to listen to it because it's some good shit. But, I mean, it's not really going to make me or break me if anybody knows who I am or if anybody doesn't know who I am. Because on top of being an artist, the most important, you know what, people call me an artist. But, honestly, I'm not an artist. I'm a salesman. That's what I'm known throughout the streets of Detroit for. Motherfuckers know that I sell CDs that don't even know that I rap. You know what I'm saying? I run into motherfuckers all the time. Be like, yeah, man, I got this CD. I'm like, dog, did you check out any of my videos on YouTube? Nope. Wow. Well, damn. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at them. Thanks for the cash, but goddamn. You know what I'm saying? So it's my salesmanship, not my artistry, that has been able to keep me going for this long. Because when you think about it, it's the entertainment, it's the music business. It's not the music popularity, it's the music business. You know what I'm saying? So the ones who are able to fund projects are the ones who are able to last and have longevity. You know what I'm saying? The ones who are just popular, I mean, shit, fads come and go. You know what I'm saying? But the ones who are able to maintain a a business-savvy technique are the ones that's how I've been able to do this shit since 1999. 
that I'm able to finance this independently. So, but do you, you know do saying? you think that do you think that that approach has hindered you in any kind of way? Not necessarily. Now, look, this month I've been doing a lot of internet promo. I've been posting uh, videos in different Facebook groups, and I've been posting links to uh, videos to uh, my YouTube channel. Now, on Google, this month so far, I've made $3. That's the whole month. Just five minutes ago, before you called, I made $4. Just selling two CDs at the damn liquor store. Go, and I got me a couple of black miles and a little nice tea. So right, right, honestly, right. I'm thinking that the internet is hindering me financially because I could be out selling CDs, you know what I'm saying, and getting more money. And I could, you know what I'm saying, just pay Google to do that promo. But I mean, the thing is, I feel like this. This is my content. I'm not about to pay to have it exposed right now that's not the goal now there's nothing wrong with paying to have your content exposed that's called advertising but right now i am not the advertisee i'm the advertiser i have content on my website which i allow google to run ads through you know what i'm saying but honestly i make way more money out selling cds on the street so next month i will be focused a little bit more on selling CDs on the streets as opposed to my internet promotion campaign that I've been going in. Because I, I, I've been doing internet promo quite heavily. And uh, I've been missing out on quite a few dollars because it's been getting kind of warm up here. Right, And right, niggas right. is out. Like, Rules Park right now is slapping. You know what I'm saying? I, I, should, I should be at Rules Park right now selling CDs. But what I'm about to do is I'm about to go do my uh, Facebook ad campaign, you know what I'm saying, with my videos and uh, post the link to my uh, Burnside uh, Burnside Project intro video. Plug. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm now what I'm doing is I'm building a presence. Right, right, You know right. what I'm saying? I, I don't necessarily expect the internet to bring financial reward, but what I expect the internet to do is build up my presence and allow people to know who I am so that in the future... I will have easier access to a larger audience with less attempt. You understand what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. So that's that's what the internet is good for. The internet is good for promotion, but monetarily, it's always about the physical content. It's uh, it's all the the uh, physical material. You know what I'm saying? The T-shirts, the CDs, the tickets to the events. These are the things that keep artists and companies paid, not internet promotion. Because I mean, you know, you can pay to have twenty thousand Twitter followers and and twenty thousand Facebook likes and shit like that. Now, a you lot of people, saying? a lot of people will argue right there and say that the CD is dying. And as a matter of fact, Kanye West. Before he got into all this legal situation with Apple Music, he was actually saying that uh, Jesus was his last physical copy and that the life of Pablo would strictly be streamed. And he was pretty much forced into a situation to make it physical. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people are under the, the uh, impression that CDs are dying out. I mean, you know what? With, every, with every new technology, something kind of dies out. So what do you got to say about that? absolutely correct. They are absolutely correct. CDs are dying out. And as a matter of fact, myself, a dude named uh, Swisherelli and uh, another dude named Lex uh, Fenoy are probably the only three artists left in the city of Detroit who sell CDs on the streets. This is only due to the fact that we will sell a fucking nun a double bed. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. And and it's also due to the fact that it's it's a little bit more difficult to convince someone to buy your MP3 than it is to buy a physical CD. I put a CD in someone's hand, it's it's a a physical tangible item. You know what I'm saying? Now, once I begin my sales pitch and I begin putting my charm on them, they begin to desire this item, you know what I'm saying? Right. And they desire to support the name and the brand behind this item. That's the reason why I'm able, you know what? Even I think I, I could probably still sell cassette tapes if uh. I had cassette tapes, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, as I said, it's the salesmanship behind it. You know what I'm saying? So, and, but CDs definitely are dying because the majority of folks that I sell CDs to don't even have CD players. Right, right, right. That's but, why I always it, keep it, a few cell phones so on this because is, I can have them listen to the music through the cell phone because they don't have a CD player, but they end up buying the CD anyway. 
So, so Joe, uh, Joe gonna be the nigga on the street, and you're gonna sell him a CD. Uh, we're gonna do right. some live action. So, all right, Joe, you walking down the mean streets of Detroit, and Joe Quan, the hooligan, approaches you, and action. Do, do, what's do, up, big dog? Do, do. How you doing? Oh, shit. What's up, my nigga? What, what, yeah, what's I, good? I, I'm doing well, man. I'm sorry for interrupting you, homeboy. My name's Joe Quan the Hooligan. I'm, I'm an independent local artist, and I'm here with my album today. This is called The Deadline Garden. I got okay. 12 songs on here. This is the best shit to hit Detroit since Fago Cola, big dog. I guarantee good lyrical content here. I'm selling them for $5. I was hoping I'd get your love and support. Okay, well, shit. Goddamn. I ain't got no money on me right now. Shit. I need to I go understand. to the ATM and, and, and get some money. Well, look, look, look. Hold that trip to the ATM. Check this out. How about I make you grab one for $2? If you got eight quarters on you, this bad boy is yours. Oh, well, shit. I can do that. See? Work, that works every time. Every time. <laughs> hey, uh, That's why I still sell CDs. Hey, so you, you gave me the CD. Who, who got the crack? <laughs> <laughs> Cut, cut, and hey, cut. Scene, scene, scene. That nigga said, "Ah, who got the crack?" Well, nigga, you don't need them damn eight quarters. That's, you need to keep them damn that, eight quarters. That's why I'm walking the street in the first goddamn place. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I thought niggas was on Molly now. I thought, I thought I niggas was on. Uh, I don't know what these shit. young motherfuckers is doing. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what. I it ain't is. heard. Of, I ain't heard of a nigga. Nah, I ain't. I ain't heard of a nigga sell, uh, selling crack since like 2008. Wow. Matter of fact, I was. I was selling crack in 2008 <laughs> temporarily, <laughs> and that's only because I was in a house full of old motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> that actually smoked crack. Yeah, old a lot of them old motherfuckers is dying off and quitting. You motherfuckers you know getting old and went to rehab and found Jesus. They ain't smoking exactly. crack no more. They ain't fucking with crack no more. It's all about the pills now. These motherfuckers is popping that Molly and that X and shit. So, so let me ask you this question, man. Going back to the convo right quick, if you ran up on a young artist, man, what would be your advice to him? Now, now he got his IG popping, he got his Twitter popping. He, he, he got all his music online. He got it on iTunes, Spotify. He's streaming, but he ain't getting no spins. What would be your advice to that dude? My advice would be focus more on the physical content and get out. And I mean, this is a presidential campaign that we as artists are in. We need to be out there shaking hands and kissing babies. Right, right. That's how we, that's how we advance in the campaign. No candidate for any office ever won that slot by just being present on the Internet. It takes being present in front of actual people as opposed to just being present. Because, I mean, shit, you can just sit up and make a fake account. You know what I'm saying? Right, that don't, right. that, 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 uh, them 500 likes that a motherfucker may have on Facebook doesn't necessarily mean that that's 500 real tangible people. You know what I'm saying? But the, uh, let me see, hold on, let me take a look at my sheet here. I hollered one, two, three, four. The four people that I just hollered at up at the liquor store, uh, two of them bought, two of them didn't, uh, didn't buy. But these are real, tangible people. And I have more of an opportunity to financially benefit from my artistry by hollering at real, tangible individuals on the street, face to face. You know what I'm saying? Hit the open mic. Hit the uh, showcases. Holler at the DJs. You know what I'm saying? Slide them. No, no, no. Here's another thing. You don't have to always sell your CD. It's okay to give shit away for free. You know what I'm saying? So whenever I hit a uh, venue, the first person, I mean, I'm on, you know, the Terminator movie when the nigga walk in the bar, do-do-do-do-do, and got that vision. That's my scope. I'm scoping out the DJ and the host and the manager of the event. Right, Those right. three people are my primary targets before I even holler at anybody else. And whatever event that I'm going in, I'm I'm going to scope out them three people, introduce myself, and give them a CD. I don't, I don't even want their money. You know what I'm saying? I just want that attention because that attention is worthwhile. That's what's up, man. Um, break down your um, – name your projects, man, just in case people want to – because you do have an online presence, man. Uh, okay, on the Internet right now, on iTunes, Deezer, Spotify, Amazon, CD Baby, and, of course, my website, JoeQuandaHooligan.com. I have the Hold Me Down Maxi single. I've got the Hold Me Down EP. 
the Burnside Project and the current album that I'm selling now, The Dandelion Garden. Now, I am working on some new shit. Now, I got a whole bunch of shit recorded, but I'm considering dumping it all for some new shit. And uh, I'm working on a new project right now that I've yet to come up with a title for. But I'm not going to be in a rush to put that out because I've got plenty of material that's on sale right now. So I don't necessarily need anything new. But I do want to have something fresh for maybe the next year or the year after that. You know what I'm saying? I can come out with that shit. But I am, I'm, I'm, I'm detoxing with this next shit. Right, 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 I'm, right. Hey, Jaquan, I'm on the Dr. I got, Dre shit. Jaquan, I got the perfect That's name. That's Jaquan, not Jaquan. I got I got the perfect name for your untitled oh. album. Okay, give it to me. Niggas don't smoke crack no more. <laughs> Niggas don't smoke crack no more. <laughs> Joe Burnham, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Niggas don't smoke crack no more. Mm-mm. But they act like they do. <laughs> but they act like dot, dot, dot. But they act like they do. <laughs> Hell no, boy. <laughs> That's what's up, man. So break down your social media, man. We're going to let you get up out of here, man. Uh, break down your social media. Tell the folks where they can find you at. All right. You can find all my social media links at my website, com. Just go to J-O-Q-U-A-N-D-A-H-O-O-L-I-G-A-N. And at the top right corner of my uh, website on every page is a link to the YouTube, the Twitter, the uh, Instagram, the Facebook, and the Pinterest accounts. So the moral or of the story. In, yeah, or in any uh, social media site, just type Joe Quan the Hooligan in the search engine and I'll pop up. So the moral of the story for you young ass, IG loving, Twitter finger having, SoundCloud spamming Facebook page niggas is get the fuck off the internet and get your ass in the street. Indeed. And Indeed. That's what's up. Hell, do both, goddammit. Yes, yeah, do both. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but balance your time and uh, uh, have consideration. You know what I'm saying? Prioritize what works better with your time right. in the streets and the internet and you'll, you'll gain success. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, up. shit, Anything that I need in life, anytime my raggedy-ass van breaks down, I'm always able to get out here and get the money to get that bitch back home at the repair shop where the fuck it lives and get this bitch back rolling again. You know what I'm saying? So that, to me, is success. That's what's like. We're going to leave it right there, man. We're going to leave that thing right there. Ladies and gentlemen, grown-ups, assholes of all ages. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Grown-Ass Man Hip Hop Show. That was Joe Quan the Hooligan. Check him out at JoeQuanTheHooligan.com and Google that nigga. We out. Now it's time for a breakdown. Coon. 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 Or coon ass nigga. Definition. According to UrbanDictionary.com. A coon is someone who is typically a sellout or is a representative of the African American stereotype. So a coon ass nigga is a coon to the extreme. Examples. Flavor Flav is one coon ass nigga. 50 Cent is a hella coon ass nigga. End of definition. Recently, Willie D of the historic legendary Ghetto Boys released his latest single titled Coon. In this song, he unleashed a relentless verbal attack against CNN's Don Lennon, Lennon, whatever the fuck his name is. Raven Simone and Charles Barkley reprimanding these low melatonin Negroes for their involvement in bethunery and coonery over the past several years. Now, let me be clear. I have deep respect for Willie D, not only because he's an OG in the hip hop game, but because he can get on TV and represent himself as well as hip hop intelligently and in a way that the common white man can understand however calling for the shooting of Stacy Dash is a card that should not be played by one so old and so wise in fact calling for the shooting of Stacy Dash makes as much sense as Stacy Dash stating on national television that there should not be a black history month now I would agree 
wholeheartedly that Stacey Dash has been involved in epic coonery. However, the coonery that she's been involved in poses no threat whatsoever to the black community as a whole. The coonery that does pose a threat to the black community as a whole, such as our violence, such as our fornication, such as our lust for what we poorly perceive to be power is neither shunned nor shamed. It is glorified. The hustler, the player, the pimp, multiple bitches in his stable. In the black community, he is looked upon far higher than the father the husband, the worker of multiple hours a week to put food on the table for those who would preserve his precious bloodline. It is my humble opinion that the biggest coon would burn down his own community, outraged at the fact that a black man died at the hands of a white police officer and would turn around and blow out the flames of the torch to allow gang violence to claim the lives of unarmed black babies. The Black Lives Matter movement is full of shit. If black lives mattered, you would encourage the black woman to take her proper place besides her black man instead of across the table from him at the divorce court at the child custody hearings if black lives matter you would be careful who you call the coon because you just might be the pot calling the kettle black I'm Joquan the hooligan this is the hooligan report exclusively on a grown ass man hip hop show Lawrence G Joey Burnham Back to you. The Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by Fourth Coast Media, produced by Lawrence Tremell, and recorded at Fourth Coast Studios. This is a Fourth Coast Media production. Fourth Coast? What?